This is Restless. Welcome back to Restless, postmortem on the young, restless, and reformed. And after doing something that has so upped our downloads, Pastor Michael, I think it's time to take us back down to earth. Take us back. <laughs> let's, just, let's crash those numbers again. <laughs> Come on, baby. Let's get them back down. <laughs> the modest, small podcast. We, we are. We, we deserve to be. Uh, Pastor Michael, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well. I did have a lot of pasta for lunch. <laughs> I had a lot of... It was Uh-oh. gluten-free. It was gluten-free, everybody. Homemade, gluten-free. But it was pasta (laughs) so i so i feel tired um i feel like what you'd feel like after you ate a whole giant bowl of pasta wow guys (laughs) we did pastor michael to drink some caffeine and (laughs) eat straight protein because we are going back to the apostles creed everyone (laughs) which we like to do and we know i less of you (laughs) like listening to us discuss it and so i'm sorry it has be it has become just a kind of a fun joke (laughs) (laughs) but we're gonna finish it everybody you can't stop us um but to make sure pastor michael was in the appropriate mood that he wouldn't get too triumphalistic as we discuss this article of the apostles creed i made him film our promo for the 12 days of restless um so pastor michael i hope that that promo uh, was appropriately humbling as we come to <laughs> the episode on the Apostles' Creed that will be titled "I Believe in Christmas." Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, I'm still, I still feel pretty jovial about mm. the holiday. Um, we mm. actually just yesterday um, went and got our tree and got it all set up. Yes, we use one of those pagan trees <laughs> to celebrate. The birth of Christ. Um, Speaking of pagan traditions used to celebrate the birth of Christ. That <laughs> promo, everyone. Who knows? Who knows if someday we'll be doing a Buddhist dance? Uh, maybe this is a slippery slope. <laughs> slippery slope. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Uh, but we went out. We cut down a tree. Uh, we just found one on our property that is not really a good Christmas tree. <laughs> like it's. We kept making it. It's just not uniform at all. It's just kind of a mess. And our decoration of it was mediocre. <laughs> and we kept laughing. We were like, you know, this is kind of it. Like once we got it all finished, we felt like this is really homey and mm. sweet. And like with all the lights off in our living room, we have a, a big wreath up in a big window uh, that that sits up at the top of our living room and and have lights on it all. And so we had those on last night. We thought this is just so sweet and really nice and pleasant. But you look at the tree and you're like, it both is like really nice. We really like it. And also it's just not the best tree and it's kind of a mess. And we were like, that's kind of our year, you know, like that was kind of our year. Like it was great from, from the right perspectives. Dude, this was such a great year. And Mm. then you see it from some perspectives. You're like, yeah, it's a little bit of a mess. (laughs) It's a little bit of a mess, but, Mm. uh, but anyway, so I feel like I'm in that mood. I'm in a good mood, you know, that's good. That's good. Pastor Michael. I'm you didn't take, you didn't take me down. Hillsong I, did not destroy me yet. They won't wow. win. <laughs> there's your there's your free promo of a promo. <laughs> so anyways, I do want to mention that if you end up with the holiday blues this Christmas or this normal day that we don't celebrate because it's not commanded in scripture, there will be 12 days of restless podcasts you can celebrate every day starting on December 26th, dropping at 8 a.m. every day. Now, perhaps even more exciting. Um, 
you will be able to see them every day. Every day, we're going to try and turn it into something with video. Uh, I don't know if you'll like that more. I really need something behind me that aren't crates and boxes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that will be. But today, Pastor Michael, we get to discuss the sublime. Today, we get to discuss um, something glorious, uh, which is the next line of the Apostles' Creed. We are uh, at the very beginning of the Apostles' Creed, this, the, the center section. Again, the Apostles' Creed, what a beautiful thing. It has a Trinitarian shape, discussing beliefs about the Father and the Son, and then finally, the Holy Spirit. You could um, summarize it, honestly, in just saying, I believe in God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Like right. you, This is a summary of the creed in a sense. And how each of them save us. I believe how the, mm -hmm. I believe the Father as the creator, right? And the Almighty, right? The one who's planned all things, the Son who accomplished um, salvation and the Spirit who produces salvation. How, right? Forgiveness of sins, Holy Catholic Church, right? All these glorious mm -hmm. things. Um, so, you, we could have done this, I guess, everyone who doesn't download this is like, you guys probably should have just done one episode where you said those things and then never, never return to this again. But we're not. We are not. <laughs> we are discussing today truths about our Lord Jesus and what a more valuable thing. There's very few more valuable things we could do. But today we'll be discussing who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. I will allow the heidelberg catechisms explanation of these two lines of the apostles creed which it too brings together to uh kick us off so first what is the meaning of these words he was conceived by the holy spirit and born of the virgin mary that the eternal that god's eternal son who is and continueth to be eternal god took upon him the very nature of man of flesh and born of the virgin mary by the operation of the Holy Ghost, that he might also be the true seed of David, like unto his brethren in all things, sin accepted. Um, and so that's its first, that is how the Heidelberg summarizes it. It highlights that Jesus is God's eternal son, right? And he continues to be that and continues to be eternal God. And he added, he took to himself the human nature received from Mary and his true flesh and blood by a miracle of the Holy Spirit, that he might be in the um, the true seed of David, right, to fulfill all prophecy and be like us in every way. Um, so, Pastor Michael, you know, um, I think sometimes people view the these kinds of truths as either so basic they're overlooked, or I think actually, if you go so far in the other direction, people view this as something perhaps too technical. Hmm. What makes this a valuable thing for me to to confess? Like, if I'm going to say I'm confessing this, this is what makes me a Christian, mm. um, or in fact, I'm going to spend on a, I'm going to specifically set aside side time this time of year to celebrate this reality. What makes that a valuable thing? Why? Why Christmas? Yeah. Oh man. Um, because this is uh, because this is the faith, right? I mean, this is um, what what uh it took um for uh us to be united to christ um mm -hmm. for us to be saved this is um uh, you know um to you know quote um athanasius on the incarnation uh that 
you know, um, God became man so that man could become God, um, that there's this, this, uh, true salvation, true redemption of humanity. That's only possible because of this. Mm. And, uh, if you lose either piece of this, right. The fact that, um, Jesus was, uh, truly God, um, true God, fully God, um, that, that, um, he was conceived of the Holy spirit that he, he is not, um, uh, he, he does not, uh, come into the world in exactly the same way, right? What does the angel say to Mary? That the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and come upon you. And so the child will be called holy, right? That mm. uh, that um, he is distinct and separate from humanity, right? Because he is true God, transcendent. Um, and, and yet he is true man, mm. right? And yet he's truly the child of Mary. And yet truly Mary is his mother. Yet truly he is, he is man. And so um, those two things coming together, that's actually, that's that's the only way that you can be saved. So like, what does it matter? Well, it, it matters ev for everything, right? Everything else follows from that. Um, everything else that we know because um, Jesus is the word from mm. the father, because it is in him that we have light and life. Um, it means that uh, apart from the incarnation, uh, apart from the birth of Christ, you like there's no um, you knowing God. There's no you um, coming to truly know the father uh, until you actually know the son. But now that that the son has made himself known and made the father known uh, through himself, you truly can. Mm. Yeah, I want to pause on that. I am going to, as we work through this, I've written down a bunch of, I don't know what the right word is, somewhat technical kinds of theological distinctions we make. And the first one I want to bring up is the one that you were just discussing this, that in this way we can know God, right? Because only because of the incarnation, only because of the son taking on a human nature, being born of Mary, being born as Jesus, can we know God, right? You can think of it. I'm going to give, I'll try and give you a verse for all of these. If I don't, maybe Pastor Michael can fill one in. Um, Otherwise, uh, you can if you ask me about it later on Twitter, I'll give you one. But Colossians 2, 3, right? In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, right? In the incarnate Jesus are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this first uh, theological word I'm going to use is what we call the theology of union. Now, there's this great thing theologians used to do when they'd write systematic theologies. Um, they would have their entire first book be called i think uh right herman bovin calls his right it's the prolegomena right you covered these introductory matters you couldn't just start doing theology you had to explain theological method and one of the things they all had to do was define theology but uh, of course as this discussion went on in the church we realized there are actually more than one kind of theology yeah. for example they would distinguish between the theology that you and i have today right from the bible and that while that theology is true, it's different than the theology we will have in heaven, right? When we see God, there's a kind of theology we will have there of knowing God, as Pastor Michael said, we just don't have now. Uh, they'll be consistent. They'll agree. Um, but they also pointed out that there are other kinds of theology. There's, um, there are, is the kind of theology that God has about himself, right? That God has a kind of theology. He knows himself in a way we don't. And the way we know God is different. We can't know him as 
He knows him. But this is the amazing thing. And this is the one I want to point out. I think these distinctions would be interesting to come back to someday, but probably not because our podcast, <laughs> people don't find it interesting when we do those, is the theology of union. Mm. It is the wisdom concerning divine matters that belongs uniquely to the God-man Jesus Christ, mm. right? That it, as a consequence of the incarnation, the son, the word, as Pastor Michael said, who shares God's theology of himself with the Father and the Spirit receives that receives that theology into his human nature. It's communicated to a human in his human nature so he can communicate that theology to us. Yeah. Right? So Jesus has a knowledge of God that is completely unique, mm. bringing together God as he knows himself and humanity as he knows God. Yeah. Wow. To quote Colossians again, just to have, since it was in my mind, since you quoted it, right? He is the very image of the invisible God, right? You get those two sides, right? The invisible, the God who cannot be known, right? um, Not fully, not totally by a creature. And yet Jesus Christ is his true image, right? He is, he is the image of the invisible God. And of course, while we can't, um, we don't have the exact theology of union because I don't, I'm not a person with, a full human and divine nature. The point of the incarnation is one, there is a human who does humanity and God have been joined in this way and it can't be undone. And two Hmm. in Christ, I get to participate in it, which is an, like, it's like, it's an amazing blessing because it's incomprehensible. I can't comprehend the depth of what that means. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is like you said in on the one hand it's it is uh it's so basic right hey we confess it in the creed we just we just say it all the time um and yet this is the most profound uh and, and striking thing that has ever happened <laughs> right right uh, Christ came at the fullness of time um and when it you know to you know to keep moving in that direction even just in his human nature, right on on the human side, the fact that even as you know, um, the Heidelberg says the fact that he's he's born of Mary, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that he comes from the line of David, right? He's the true son of David. He's the true heir of the kingdom. Uh, because of that, that's his his true human lineage. Um, he takes upon himself in that way the the fulfillment of all of these promises of the Davidic Messiah, the King that was coming. Um, it, in other words, all of the the different strands of Israel's history, but also just of, of human history, right? Because the fact that he's, he's true man means that he's also the last Adam, right? Mm-hmm. He is, he is, um, he is the seed of the woman uh, who came to crush the head of the serpent, right? He's, he is a fulfillment in other words, of all of the prophecies about this true man that was going to come uh, and, and be all of that. And, um, that alone is incredible, right? Like that alone is is such a, a, a an incredible story. The mm. way that God wove all of these these uh, different uh, prophecies and and types and shadows together, leading up to the fulfillment, which is Christ. And then to add into it what you've just been saying, right? Like to like it's so much more profound. Um, that really you can't exhaust it. You can't exhaust this at any point. Yeah. 
Yeah. And this is this is another thing you pulled on. The Heidelberg points out, right, that the when we talk about right his humanity, of course, it is not it is also not just like humanity in general. Right. Jesus doesn't right. like Jesus isn't just like, oh, it, God's is just joined to a man. Right. It's there's a specific fulfillment of prophecies of all these stories of the Bible coming together into this moment, into this grand moment. Um and this brings me to the reason we have Christmas carols. Um, and I'll let Pastor Michael go back off this because I'm, I'm sure he will, right? It's this fascinating thing. We all love Luke's account of Jesus's birth. Uh, in Matthew, again, I think most people's favorite is Luke probably because of the Peanuts cartoon. But, but there's at least one very, very unique thing about Luke's account compared to even Matthew's. Luke, everybody's singing. Everybody, yeah. Mary singing, Zacharias singing, Simeon, right? This nice old guy singing. Mm -hmm. The angels are singing, right? That there's there are all these songs that are happening, and eventually you ask yourself, well, why is everyone singing? What what is happening here? And what you realize is, what is Luke doing? What is Luke communicating? Of course, these people actually sang, right? This is true history. But these songs are recorded. These songs are given for the same reason the Israelites sang on the other side of the Red Sea. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider he's thrown into the sea. The same reason the Psalms command, sing to the Lord a new song at the working of his outstretched arm, right? When when people sing in the Bible, maybe it's the simple way is to put it this way. Saved people sing in the Bible. Mm. When they are saved, people sing. Hannah, right? She sings at the birth of Samuel, leading to the Davidic kingship, right? When God works great acts of salvation in the Bible, it is always marked yeah. with singing. Yeah. Yeah, and two other places that you see a lot of singing, Right. Also, in the presence of God, yes, in the presence of God, they're singing, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. so um, at the it, it is the response of God's people to His redemptive acts. It is um, the the response of people in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. um, and you also, at, at least I think, um, you could say that you see it at creation, mm -hmm. um, at the moment of creation. We're told, uh, you know, is it in Job where it talks about the the uh, the morning star sang the sons of the morning sang or the sons of God sang at, at, you know, at, uh, the, the foundation of the earth that you have, um, God speaking things into existence. And it's often pointed out that, I mean, just the very nature of what is spoken is mm. poetic. Uh, and when we read that, we, I really do think probably we should be thinking that this is, mm. it's, it's song, right? There's, yeah. it's not, um, it, there's, there's music to it. And um, that's that's sometimes hard for us to see, but I, I think that that's true. Yeah. Uh, and so, and if I'm right, then you know you also have that too, right? So what what else is happening at the birth of Christ? A a new creation, a new thing. Um, yeah. We talked about this on Sunday, but we've been reading um, during Advent. Yes, we've been doing Advent readings, <laughs> uh, but we've we've been uh, we've been reading through um, the the birth narrative in Luke. Mm. And uh, so starting at the beginning with the appearance of, of Gabriel to Zechariah in the temple and just slowly reading through that. And one of the things you see in the story of Zechariah um, and that becomes a confirmation to Mary given by Gabriel 
is that this barren woman, Elizabeth, is going to bear a child. And that's a story you see over and over and over again throughout the whole of scripture, right? Like that's something that like the moment that you hear in a story, but she was barren and advanced in years. Everybody should say, we know what's going to happen next, right? You know, I've got something planned. That's right. Um, And then Gabriel announces that also Mary, who is yet a virgin, is going to bear a child. And all of a sudden you say, well, that's something new, actually. Mm. That's different. That hasn't happened, right? That That's a new work of God. Um, and so uh, this really is the beginning of, of God's new creation too, right? Mm. With, the, with the coming of Christ, we have this, this new creation work. And so just as they're singing at creation, um, so they're singing at the beginning of the new creation as well. So yeah, I mean, it is, it's full of, it's full of song. And I, I, yeah, one, obviously with the amount of Psalms about creation, I think your point stands also, mm-hmm. right. It then makes sense that why is like the whole book of revelation songs Song? is there yep. people in God's presence. That's right. Victory at the dawn of the new heavens and the new earth. Right. And so Luke, including songs, if we have time someday, by the way, guys, man, I, we're going to write a book on this, right? There are okay. those three things, right? That'd three. Be <laughs> we're doing uh, it. This, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. This would just be a fun thing to like trace you know, yeah. through all of scripture uh, and, and biblical theology is hot right now. So we may, <laughs> may actually work. Um, but I just think that it is right. Luke then including that is saying, behold, something as great as the Exodus is now happening. Yes. Behold your God, behold a new creation. And the shocking part of that is he's saying a baby is bo- being born. Mm. Right. Like the shocking part is that the humility with which it's veiled in is so intense. I mean, it's it's hard. Right. It's it's almost again, it's how gracious God is that the the he's coming so close that if it wasn't so veiled, we know it would destroy us. Mm. Right. Everyone's also everyone's afraid at the beginning of Luke. Everyone's afraid. Everything that happens, everyone's afraid. Yes. Well, someone's pregnant. Everyone's freaked. Everyone's afraid. <laughs> Everybody's so scared. <laughs> afraid, right? Yeah. Everyone is afraid. Herod is obviously afraid. Yeah. In a different way. Um, mm-hmm. And because God is coming that close and he's so graciously veiled himself. He's mm-hmm. so tender and kind in how he will save uh, that. It's actually hard to see that if you look with worldly eyes, you can't see it. You can't see it. Yeah. Um. So this is one of the more, this again is a glorious thing. Now, Pastor Michael, I do want to point out um, before we, 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 we may end somewhere else, but I do think we should um, uh, point out, this is the first time in the Apostles' Creed, we get the name of a historical person. Mm-hmm. It's a, a, just a fascinating thing, right? Yeah. Um, and it won't be the only one, but we get the name, we the Virgin Mary is named Mary, the mother of God is named here in the creed. So pastor Michael, what do you make? What do we, what should we make or perhaps not make pastor Michael sent me a uh, post from Twitter or whatever we call it now the other day that perhaps is something we shouldn't make a Virgin mention the Virgin Mary's name mentioned here in the creed. Um, but what do we, what should we make of it? Um, first off, like you said, it, it ties what happened 
to true humanity, right? Like, or, or sorry, to true history, yeah. right? So like this, I mean, it actually happened. It's not an idea, right? The idea that it's like, well, you know, isn't it wonderful that, you know, this story brings hope to people and, um, you know, it just tells us to be good and, you know, have goodwill and peace uh, and, and all of those things. That's just a wonderful tale um, that um, has no basis in history, but it doesn't really need to. Um, no, it actually, it does. Number one, it does need a basis in history um, or it's, it's not going to be um, actually uh, it's not something that will hold value over time. You can try to fake things um, out from outside of, you know, things that are completely removed from, uh, from history as though they matter. Uh, but in the end, I actually don't know that there's anything um, outside of outside of history besides the God of history um, who entered into it. Um, I don't know that there's anything that you can say that actually matters for somebody's life that actually, you know, has any bearing on them or mm. that will just last like any idea that will stick. I just don't know if that's possible. I could be wrong. I just don't know if it is, but it, it does matter that this happened historically. If it didn't, um, then it like the incarnation doesn't do any of those things that we talked about earlier. <laughs> Mm. Um, it doesn't mean any of those things. And and to tie that then to true history, it means that he was true, truly man, right? He, I mean, he had a mother, right? He, it ties yeah. him to, to a particular family, ties yes. him to a particular lineage, and it ties him to humanity itself. Mm. Can I can I double down on this importance of history? Because this is the first time we're just getting a um a, a chance to mention it and so yeah it, it just because it reminds me of all the christmas specials i don't know pastor michael i think we've discussed some of our favorite christmas specials in the past but um obviously the top of the mountain is uh the um the muppets christmas carol but um <laughs> i also enjoy um certain sitcoms christmas specials um and one of those sitcoms is uh the tv show community um and they did a claymation episode called Abed's uncontrollable Christmas. And it's hilarious because uh, one thing they do is there is, they like make up this idea that there's a Christmas pterodactyl. And I yell it <laughs> all the time, like to celebrate Christmas. <laughs> but they come to the end and they're like, they're trying to figure out why Christmas, you know, matters. And they say Christmas teaches us, that the longest, coldest, darkest nights of the year can be filled with warmth and joy if we're surrounded by the people we care about, right? It's this pure sentimentality. Yeah. Why does this matter? Because our sentiment can stand up to like darkness and being bummed out. Mm -hmm. And the, and do you want to know the actual worst truth? Like that the actual truth is it actually can't. Yep. Right. That sentimentality. Uh, once you take it out of the claymation sitcom, it actually dies when you yeah. face anything real in the world. Right. Yeah. We listen to all of the 40s and 50s classic Christmas music, which I love, by the way. I love that stuff. I know it's sentimental trash, but every once in a while, it is sentimental. like candy's delicious. Yeah. Like every once in a while, a Chris, like to eat a lot of Christmas cookies around Christmas and then to not eat a lot of Christmas cookies the rest of the year is okay. Um, do I like to eat them other times of the year? Yes. <laughs> Yes, I do. But, uh, but anyway, I, I think that's okay. But guess what? That like that sentimentality, why is, why is it that we have to go back to the forties and fifties to listen to that? Like to hear that kind of music that most of us love and you hear a lot more of the modern stuff. You're like, yeah, like it just didn't stick. Well, because, um, actual things happen in history, uh, that like 
show that, yeah, that sentimentality actually doesn't, it doesn't stick forever. Um, it, it, it can, it has some power, right? It's not that there's nothing to it. If there was nothing to it, it wouldn't have any power. It has some power. It has some influence, but it's so minimal compared to actual real things, right? Real world events, history. It, it feels nice enough to get you through to the next commercial break at least. Right. (laughs) Right. 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 Oh yeah. Like that's a good way to end this, you know? (laughs) Um, but yeah, that is not, I mean, that is not the actual Christmas. (laughs) The actual Christmas story is not one of sentimentality, right? It is one of actual lineages of actual history of an actual change, right? They're not singing to feel good. They're not singing because they see Christmas lights. They're singing because God is there, right? Mm. And and I think you're right, Pastor Michael, in pointing out the the presence of Mary's name here has more to do with Jesus than it does with her. Mm-hmm. I believe this is, quite frankly, the mistake made in the opposite direction, right? Yeah. Even when I call her the mother of God, which I'm 100% comfortable doing, because that is a title given to her that is more about Jesus Yes. And about her. Right. Why was that title given to Mary? Because when the church said, what is in Mary? Right. When John the Baptist leaps for joy, when she's brought in the womb, is God, is she bearing God? Is God going to be born? The God going to be born? The God man. Is that what's going to be born? Is that who she's carrying? Yeah. The answer is yes, right? That is the good news of Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. What made her the most blessed among women? It was, it was the baby in her womb, right? She says, uh, uh, all generations will call me blessed because of what God has done for me. Not because I'm full of grace. That's right. Not because I can be hailed, but because what God is doing for me. And Mm. then by extension for everyone lowly, everyone, are you lowly? Yep. Are you lowly? Do you, are you willing to fear God? Are you willing to sing? Then behold, behold the Messiah. He's born, right? This is right. This mm. is good tidings of great joy, right? This is, that's the, that's the, the good news. And right. The fact that Mary gets that message is obviously good news to the lowly, right? Because Christ, for whatever reason, well, we, we have, there's a number of reasons God does not bring that tidings into the palace. He does not go to the great, he doesn't go to the philosophers in Athens. He goes to lowly people who actually fear him. Right? That's the good news. That is why I believe in Christmas, Pastor Michael. Because it's a picture in miniature of how that salvation will end up growing up, right? That God will save through deba- things the world views as debased. Mm-hmm. Foolishness to the world right? It's hard to imagine God beginning to save the world through a baby being born. It's impossible to imagine the wor- God saving the world through a man crying out on a cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right? But that is Christmas. That's why I believe in Christmas. And I do too. Pastor Michael, Another episode I greatly enjoyed making with you. This was really fun. It, seriously, I mean, there are some ways that uh, we just explored some of this that just made me, yeah, maybe so grateful. So grateful to God and, and for Christmas, for the incarnation, for this time, we can remember that. 
I'm grateful to Pastor Michael. And if you're a listener and you're grateful, you can rate and review this show. You can join us for the 12 Days of Restless, and uh, we will we will get to enjoy that with you coming soon.